welcome to another edition of the RochdaleAFC.com podcast. My name is Dean, aka At the Peak. I'm joined once again by Chaff. How are you, mate? I'm all right, mate. Thank you. And we've also got another uh, podcaster on the line today. We've got Ryan. How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Um, bored like the rest of us, but all good. Yeah, it's not ideal at the moment. Um, still waiting for the football to come back, but. In the meantime, we're going to be looking at some of our favourite players of the past and a few of you have asked for us to do this. So uh, we're going to be picking our favourite Dale teams of all time. But there's a lot of players to look at over the years. Like Between us, I think we've got quite a few years of experience of watching Dale under our belt. So we're going to split it up in three different parts and we're going to start with uh, goalkeepers and defenders in this episode. Uh, we said that we're not going to pick any low knees, but... One of the first players we're going to take a look at actually came uh, to the club on loan at first, and that's Conrad Logan. Ryan, what are your memories of uh, Conrad? I mean, I think he's mostly been included in our shortlist because of his loan spell, but he was still decent when he came back permanently, weren't he? Yeah, I think he was one of those players who came in and doesn't happen often at Rochdale, but you heard of him, you knew the name, Um you couldn't put a face to it. When you saw him, you thought, oh God, what have we got here? Um, and then he started playing and he was just, well, he was phenomenal, weren't he? He was commanding. Um, his penalty record was was really good. I think that took a bit away from what he actually provided with other things as well. He was just a, a super goalkeeper all round. Um, in his lawn spell especially. But I think when he came back, I think he got a bit of unnecessary stick at points um, then I think he would just he had everything you could possibly want in a goalkeeper for me and I was sad to see him go Chaff what do you think it was with Conrad where he didn't quite manage to match up to the uh, level that he'd set in his loan spell what do you think it was that was sort of holding him back because obviously his fitness was an issue over both spells so I'm not really sure why he wasn't able to replicate that level when he came back permanently well, did he not pick up a, a really bad injury? Did he not pick up a, an Achilles heel injury? Ah, possibly. Um, which, from memory, really hindered um, him coming for crosses because it basically sort of stifled his leap. Um, it was a bit sort of reluctant to come off his line a little bit. Um, other than that, his shot stopping was never in doubt. Um the other attributes were never in doubt. I just thought that was possibly one of the one of the things that hindered him a little bit. Um, his fitness was always it, well; it was it, it was never great, was it? Um, but yeah, I'm, I've only really got fond memories of of Conrad. Yeah, he was a character as well, weren't he? Um, just the way that he looked. Polar bear, wasn't it? Was the nickname that some of us gave him. Uh, yeah, real real fond memories of him. Um, some of the other loan keepers that we, we couldn't really include because he never came back permanently or anything, but players like Tom Heaton and, and Marcus Hanneman were among the best that we've seen at Dale. But um, the goalkeeper that, that stands out in my memory is Neil Edwards. He was the keeper for Dale for such a long time. And I remember my first ever Dale game was at home to Swansea. Uh, we drew nil-nil. And I just remember falling in love with Neil Edwards straight away. He made about three or four just ridiculous saves that day. Um, 
But Chaffee was another fan's favourite, wasn't he? Uh, as much for his character as his ability, which was there was nothing wrong with. He was a great keeper, but I think it, the fans always warmed to Taft, didn't they? Yeah, definitely. Um, he was very interactive with the with the supporters, whether we were playing at home or away. Um, his ability, his ability was absolutely superb as well. He, he's another one who was really good at saving penalties. He made saves that he had absolutely no right to make. Um, he never really let his lack of height sort of hinder his game. Um, yeah, a top class goalkeeper, uh, and over quite a long period of time as well. Really, really, really consistent, super keeper. Yeah, we were quite lucky in the, at the time. Um, the transition at goalkeeper after having Neil Edwards for so long, and then he went and joined Berry. Um, that we had a player waiting in the wings that in fact had already made his debut and already started to make waves. And uh, that was Matt Jilks. Did you ever see Jilks going on to becoming a Premier League player when he was, when he was first starting out at Dale? Uh, I didn't, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I thought he was a, I thought it was a good goalkeeper. I thought it was, it was a very good goalkeeper for us. Uh, I didn't see him becoming a Premier League goalkeeper. I thought there were aspects of his game, namely his kicking, um, that, really lacked um, shot stopping again never in doubt but I didn't think he'd go as high as he did but all credit to him for doing so Ryan what are your memories of, of Edwards and Jilks um, for me what stands out with Jilks was his, his performance against Fulham in the League Cup obviously we, we lost that game on penalties but I do remember him making some unbelievable saves in that game yeah I think with a, a pair of them um, I just echo what you've said really the transition was was smooth um, it's probably the only time in my life supporting Rochdale where you've lost a goalkeeper in Edwards and not worried at all because you knew someone were waiting in the wings. I think Edwards, yeah, he was small. I remember he used to run over to the hang on the crossbar um, when the teams came out and things like that. Um, but, yeah, really good. And then Jilks, no, is the short answer. I think, I don't think, Anybody would have seen um, his rise coming to the top. Um, although he was a good goalkeeper, he was good from crosses. Um, like Chaff said, he was a he was a good shot stopper, but his kicking was it was a problem for us. So I thought if he went any higher, it was going to be more of a problem for for teams in high divisions. But fair play to him, and I think he went and played in the Premier League. He played in the um, SPL, I think, as well, didn't he? Um, so, yeah, just a, a great goalkeeper. Yeah, and a, and a Rochdale lad, which always helps the fans' opinions of players like that. Uh, moving into more modern times, uh, one player that, that made our shortlist and was involved in one of the better Dale teams of, well, of history, really, uh, Sam Russell. Um, Chaff, what do you think it was that stopped Russell from going on and nailing down that first-team place? Because although he was our first-choice keeper for a while... They actually ended up being quite a, a long spell towards the end of his time at Dale where he, he couldn't get in the team. And, and it was a bit of a shame, really, because I personally really liked him. Uh, I did as well, actually. Um, I thought he was a good shot stopper. I thought his kicking was unbelievable. He was one of them. He was like the sweeper-keeper before sort of Sanchez uh, decided he was going to take up that mantle this season. Um, he could pick out anybody um, from his own six-yard box. Um, but what stops him? I'm not sure. Um, 
it's one of them things. Keith Hill doesn't rate you. Um, you soon find yourself out of the team, don't you? And uh, he's had a few issues with goalkeepers. He's done it with, um, with another goalkeeper that we've had, uh, Josh Lillis. Um, he's never been a hundred percent behind him to the point where he's always looked to bring in somebody a little bit better. And I think that might have been what happened with uh, with Russell towards the end. Um, maybe a lack of consistency. Yeah, I think there are definitely parallels to be drawn between the two and Lillis and Russell. He was always looking, like you say, to bring in loan players and usually they were they were better players, to be fair. So you can't really moan too much at Hill for that. But right, Lillis, more recently, like how how fair do you think it is the way that he's been treated by Hill? Because I think I'm pretty sure he's our um our record appearances for a goalkeeper. I might I might not be right there, but I do seem to remember him reaching that accolade. So why do you think it is that Hill maybe didn't, maybe was always looking for another a loan keeper to sort of bolster the squad, even when Lillis was was a strong keeper at League One and League Two level? Um, it's unfair to a point in terms of loyalty. He's, Lillis has shown a lot of loyalty to Rochdale, even, even this season, um, where... He was frozen out completely, and we, we don't know the reason as to why. I think there must be more in that than than BBM wanting a, a better goalkeeper. But um, I think there's only been a handful of keepers that Hill brought in, and more recently BBM that haven't been technically better than Lily has been. I think you know. I think Logan was was one of the first ones, and he was you know. We've mentioned him already. Um, Sanchez more recently, who's been who's been fantastic. But then, I think the only time it was an issue was that season when we, we brought in um, Magnus Norman, um, <laughs> where you sort of felt, you know, oh, Lillis really doesn't deserve this. I think the word, the word we'd probably all use to describe Josh Lillis is a standard goalkeeper for this level. And when you can bring in players from a championship or the Premier League on loan, I, I don't think you can argue argue too much with that, to be honest. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I think I do remember someone on the forum saying one, so I'm, I'm apologising in advance for just completely stealing this point. But um, the fact is, if you have a player who's played the majority of his career at, at League One, League Two level, then there's going to be a reason for that, and they're going to have shortcomings in the game for the reason that they haven't gone to the high level and I think that's maybe the case with Lillis um, he's always to me been pretty consistent and it seemed with Hill sometimes that one mistake was enough for him to go out and sign a new goalkeeper and I do think it was a little bit harsh at times there was one season in particular where uh, he won and the, I think it was the fans player of the season the season when Joe Thompson scored uh, against Charlton on the last day to keep us up I thought that season he was outstanding but was still at times was subject to the same treatment from Hill that season so it, it just seemed to be one of those uh, a bit of a love-hate um, relationship between the two uh, but one player who also had a bit of a love-hate relationship as we move into the defenders now uh, Simon Ramsden now for a player to have played in such a good season as Dale had, well, a good few seasons as Dale had with him, why do you think it was that some fans didn't quite take to Simon Ramsden, Chaff? Um, I'm not sure, to be honest with you, because I rated him. I rated him quite highly as well. Um, I thought he was very steady right back. He didn't venture forward that much, but he was very good defensively. 
Um, could play at centre back if you wanted him to as well. Uh, played at higher level. I, I, I rated him. Um, I have no idea why some fans didn't say to him. Um, but for me, he's fully deserving of being on the shortlist for our better fullbacks. Well, in the end, he was sort of in a battle with Scott Wiseman for the spot at right back, wasn't he? And um, in the end, it was Wiseman who, who sort of come out on top as Ramsden left to join, I think, Bradford, and then Wiseman was brought back in despite having been released. For you, which of those two was the better player, uh, Ramsden or Wiseman? For, for me, it was probably Wiseman just about. Um, I think it's possibly just a style of play thing because with Wiseman... This is a time when Hill was looking at attacking uh, on a very regular basis and Wiseman was the better attacking option at full-back. Um, I think Hill probably thought he'd create more chances than what Ramsden would, um, whilst also being perfectly decent defensively. Um, so that's possibly what I'd put it down to. Um, Wiseman just about, uh, for me, over Ramsden, but... Both really good fullbacks. Yeah, I think if you'd have asked me this at the time, <laughs> I'd have said Ramsden. Um, I think it was wasn't a surprise to me when when Ramsden was well. We were looking to keep Ramsden, and Wiseman was the one being offloaded. But um, looking back now, from where we are, you can't argue with the decision to to have brought Wiseman back because he was he was fantastic and. and it was some distance better than Ramsden for me in the end. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. Um, for me, Ramsden, he didn't play at centre-half very much for Dale, but for me, he was actually better at centre-half. I felt that his qualities were, were more suited to that position simply because it meant that he didn't have to sort of bomb down the line and try and put crosses in and things like that, which Wiseman, for me, was far better at. I think Ramsden was sort of pushed into that position more when he went on to play for Bradford. And I think that he, they probably got a little bit better out of him than we managed to in the end. But yeah, I was I, I did prefer Wiseman in that full-back position. And, and then after those two came um, Joe Rafferty, who, who ended up being, I think, one of our longest-serving player for a little bit after being brought in by John Coleman and only, only leaving last season. Um, Chaff, why do you think... Um, Rafferty was able to sort of progress the way that he did because when he first came, he, he definitely wasn't the player that ended up signing for, for Preston in the Championship last January. Probably just a maturity thing, to be honest with you. When he joined us, he was very young. Um, he's probably one of the, the few things that Coleman got right in his uh, in his tenure here. Um, Liverpool sort of utilised him more as a centre-half in their youth team, um, but... When he came here, Coleman's turned him into a right-back. Um, he must have only been in his teens when he joined it. I think as he's as he's got older, he's matured. Um, he's adapted to lower league football very well. I think, he does the def- I think he's a very good defensively, better than he is going forward. Um, yeah, and I think he's just matured uh, as a footballer. Ryan, what are your memories of Rafferty? Because obviously he was our first choice fullback in the promotion season and in the in the successful seasons in League One that have followed. He never really looked like losing his place for too long over all those seasons, did he? No, not at all. I think 
Um, we used a word earlier for, for someone. He was just consistent. Um, there was there weren't many games where you'd describe Rafferty as a, a 9 or a 10, I don't think. Um, but there certainly weren't any games where you'd be going into you know, lower than fives and sixes. I think he was just, he was solid at pretty much everything. He, you know, he went fantastic going forward. Um, although, um, when he got to the byline because of his pace and his energy, he delivered, you know, sometimes. Um, I think his one-to-one defending was where he really shone and where you could tell he would, he'd come from an academy like Liverpool's because I just, I think he was, he was superb. There weren't many times you thought of a winger and, He'd take Rafferty on because I just think he was, he, was, he was superb at that, um, and, and a pivotal part of, of our promotion season and successful teams that we had in League One, like you said. Yeah, and I think it's testament to his character and, and um, his commitment that he's managed to sort of bide his time at Preston. wasn't getting much game time last season, and has now ended up playing left back for them, uh, but nailing down that position and. and yeah, a testament to, to the to the to the man as much as the player. I think that, um, and I, I was always a big fan of him as you know, another one who is a, as a bit of a character. I think, and I remember after that game I mentioned a few minutes ago uh, when Joe Thompson scored the goal against Charlton to keep us up. I remember him sort of running into us all in the sandy lane and hugging us and asking where we were going for a drink later. And um, one player who was even more of a stalwart for Dale played even more times at right back. Wayne Evans now chaff. What are your memories of Wayne Evans? Because I remember one thing that he used to do every single game, and I don't know if you'll have the same memory as me. Um, you put me on the spot there, I don't know. Um, <laughs> my memory is basically very, very similar to what we've just said about Joe Rafferty. Um, very rarely an 8 or 9 out of 10, but never a 5. Absolutely consistent. Um, very rarely made mistakes. Um very good defensive play, whereas getting forward it wasn't quite as effective. Um, but yeah, during that, when Parkin took over, but um, in his first spell, Evans uh, was yeah, he was absolutely superb. Uh, the only difference really is that Rafferty's played with Rochdale at a higher level, so he gets the nod over Evans for me. But Evans was superb as well. As for, the, as for what he does, uh, the, I'm, I'm not sure what you're uh, referring to. All right, well, Rye, can you help me out? Do you remember? Um, I don't think I can, to be oh, honest. Every <laughs> single game I remember him getting the ball, opening his body up and swinging like a, a no-look side of the football down the line to absolutely no one uh, and I remember him doing it every single week uh, but I was st- just sort of starting out as an 11 aside player at the time and playing right back and my dad used to shout at me for doing Evans balls down the line but he was uh, he was he was like supremely consistent wasn't he yeah he's we've used the word a few times but he was your uh, Mr Consistent again yeah. um, nothing special with him I don't think um, but yeah just just a good side professional. Yeah, and at a time when we maybe weren't at our best as, as a team, um, having a player like who was dependable as that was was uh, definitely an asset. And a, another player who I think maybe suffered on the other side of the defence for playing in teams that maybe weren't quite as good was Joe Widowson. Now, Chaff, why do you think Widowson's... Well, first of all, why do you think Dale let him go when they did and why do you think he's not managed to sort of play at a high level because personally I thought he was more than capable uh, when he played for Dale in League One I thought he was very good um, 
I think he's probably not remembered uh, as well as some other left backs that we've had, but possibly just because of the time frame in which he was in the squad uh, and the the managers that went with it. Um, I thought he was a very solid sign. I thought he got forward well. I thought he defended well. Um, yeah, I don't know why he's not gone on to a high, well, not a high level, but at least sort of stayed around our level. He has sort of dropped down a little bit. Um, but yeah, he's, I, I rated him quite highly, to be honest with you. And I would, I, when we when he when he left the football club, I didn't agree with that decision. I would have kept him. Yeah, I've got to admit, I would as well. Um, Ryan, what are your memories of, of Widowson? Um, it's funny, Jeff said that when he started there, because I forgot about him. He weren't on my initial, original list, to be honest. Um, but then when you when you do remember what he offered, um, yeah, I think just a, a very good fullback, similar to, very similar to Rafferty, I think, um, in the, you know, come from a higher academy. I think that he, he came from West Ham. And it, again, his one-to-one defending was really good. Um, but he weren't enormous, was he? But he was pretty good in the air. And yeah, that echo what Chaff said in that. Surprise, he's not stuck at League One and potentially gone gone a little bit higher. Um, again, don't know why, but yeah, a, a good player for me. Yeah, he certainly had the the physical attributes. Um, like you say, he was, had a bit of a leap on him and. He was always bobbing on down that left-hand side, but unfortunately, um, most of that came in the season when he didn't really have anyone to link up with on that side when we got relegated. Um, one player who, who did have more sort of quality with the ball, who I remember very fondly before him, a few years before him, more in the Wayne Evans era, uh, Lee Todd. Now, Chaff, what do you think um, made Lee Todd stand out uh, in comparison to some of the other left-backs we had around the time? Just about his ability, to be honest with you. When we signed him, I couldn't believe that we'd managed to sign him. Because um, he'd come from Bradford in a period where Bradford had sort of been in the top tier of English football. And I had no... I, I couldn't believe that we'd managed to, to sign him. Even, and I know he was pushing towards the end of his career. And we only got sort of one really good season out of him. Um, but I just thought he was excellent. I thought he read the game brilliantly. I thought he was decent going forward. Again, very good defensively. Uh, and probably one thing that most people will remember him for, he was uh, pretty much an expert from set pieces. Yeah, he was. Um, right, what were your memories of Todd? Because um, mine sort of echo chaffs there, really. He, he, was, he had a little bit of quality that maybe some of our defenders, particularly at the time, didn't. Yeah, it would have been very, very early on when I was watching, to be honest. And I think I just remember um, remembering his set pieces, like Chaff said. Um, I'd be lying if I said I'd, I remember much more than that, to be honest. But I, I do remember that. And I, I know my dad speaks speaks highly of, of him. So, yeah, um, another solid professional who was played at higher level and came to us at the latter end, but, but delivered consistently. Yeah, I was I was a big fan of Todd. Um, I think again as a, as a fullback, like at the time, quite a young fullback. I think there was a, a lot about his game that I admired, although I never managed to like quite nail the free kicks in the same way. But um, I do remember quite a good story about when he, he had a little bit of a struggle in his last um, season. A friend of a friend um, was among the sponsors 
one day and he had an absolute shocking game. And uh, the the guy who was who'd organised the sponsorship to go and uh, sponsor the game was asked to give man of the match, but wasn't really much of a football fan. And um, one of his employees told him to pick Lee Todd for man of the match, and he'd had an absolutely shocking game. And he read it out over the tannoy, and I remember the whole ground going, "What Lee Todd? He was awful." <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, um, another player at left back, more slightly more modern, um, who played in the Wembley season and in the promotion season and was a key part of that. Uh, Tom Kennedy and another free kick specialist, wasn't he, Jaff? Uh, yeah, I rated Tom Kennedy very, very highly. Um, Set-piece specialist, um, penalty specialist as well. Um, don't remember him missing a penalty. All the penalties that he did take seemed to end up in the, the postage stamp, the top corner. Um, very good going forward, very good defensively. And will always be remembered for that celebration against Bury as well in morning. Yeah, right. Talk us through that one because that was a that was a special moment, weren't it? Oh, it was. It was amazing. It was. You just didn't expect it at all from him because I thought his memories of, of Bury were were quite good. I didn't think there was any real animosity between the two until that day, and I remember we were getting a bit of stick, and yeah, it was. To give him such a good hiding um, at Scotland and then to see him do that, I think the best bit about it was the the guy who's, who's trying to step over the, the borders to get at him. My highlight of that picture, but yeah, amazing. Um, but yeah, w- what a player he was. How would you rank him against another left-back um, that came slightly later and was involved in another promotion in Michael Rose? Which of those two for you stood out as a better player? That's, as you know, and anyone who knows me... Um, well, no, I had Michael Rose was was superb in my opinion. I think between them, quality wise, I think they offered similar. Um, I think Rose edges it for me. Um, that might come as a surprise to most people. I think don't think many people would say that. But I think Michael Rose was um, well again set pieces superb. Um, his link up play with Henderson down the left hand side was was a massive part of why we got promoted that year um, and I think it was exactly what we what we needed at the time and he was pretty versatile as well I think he, he played in defensive midfield at points and, and did okay um, I think he could have played left midfield as well in, in a 4-4-2 he, he certainly wasn't a wide forward but I think he could have played wide midfield and yeah, I think I think Michael Rose was was well. It was, it was just fantastic. Um, neither of them were blessed with well any pace at all, really, um, and it didn't hinder any of them. I don't think. Chaff, that's that, I find that quite interesting. But where would where would you rank um, Rose against particularly TK? Um, I would go the opposite way. I'd say TK edges it, but I would I, I did rate Michael Rose as well. Um, Interesting there, Ryan said he dropped into midfield. I My memory is that he played probably more in midfield than he did at left-back. Um, but that's a testament to him, really, because of the way that he read the game um, and his experience in the game that he could start, he could, well, play a, left, play a centre midfield as well. Um, but he had an absolute wand of a left foot. Um, so, yeah, I agree with Ryan. He could, play, he could have played wide midfield. Um 
set pieces, superb at set pieces. Um, yeah, I thought um, over his spell, I thought it was very good. Yeah, I, I'll be honest, I wasn't a massive Rose fan, um, especially in midfield. I thought he was a player who perhaps sometimes looked to do uh, a little bit too much, maybe play a few Beckham balls and wear Beckham boots and have his hair done like David Beckham. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, you can't really argue with the fact that he played as much as he did in, in such a good side. And um, at the time, I think his experience of winning promotion from League Two was massive. And then his experience of, of being in a decent League One side also helped some of our younger players at that time. So although maybe on the pitch he wasn't exactly my sort of player, um, you can't really argue with, with, like I say, the amount of games he played in what was one of the better Dale sides of recent history. Um, but one man, as we move into the centre of defence, who was definitely central to one of the uh, better um, sides of modern Dale history, uh, Ryan, Craig Dawson, talk to me about Craig Dawson. Um, it's a tough one to... To describe really, because we all know what he brought, but he was just, um, he was probably one of the only players I've seen where you immediately thought he's going to go to a very top level of football. Um, I think there's players who've been and done that, who you could perhaps say, you know, we knew we were going to be good players, but Dawson, the fact that we were, we'd sing Dawson for England. Um, he was just, he was amazing. He was amazing in both boxes. Um, scored a hell of a lot of goals. Um, and I think one thing I always look for in a centre back is um, he never really made tackles. Um, he was always in the right position to to intercept the ball or shield someone out. And it, it was very rare you saw Dawson making a last ditch tackle because he never really needed to. Um, and he was. No matter who he played alongside, I think he had a, a couple of partners when he was with us, and it it never made a difference to him. I think he was just it was amazing on the ball, off the ball, um, just just superb, Craig Dawson. Yeah, chaff. It was a bit of a Roy the Rovers sort of story, wasn't it? Because he'd been on the terraces um, celebrating when we got to Wembley a couple of seasons before, and then all of a sudden he was absolutely central to to what was um, a team that ended a long wait for promotion in 2010. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as a Rochdale support, he, he's, his story is uh, a great one, isn't it? He's, he's a supporter, um, and then he gets to, to sign for his for the club that he supports and then goes on to become pretty much the best defender we've ever had. Uh, and I don't think many people will dispute that. Uh, he's gone on to, to play many, many games in the Premier League. Um, played for Great Britain in the Olympics. Uh, he, yeah, what a player, what a player. And he, <laughs> over the well, over his spells with Rochdale, won me a lot of money because you'd always back him to to get the first goal. Um, and yeah, he's uh, the book is never quite picked up on the fact that he was uh, such a threat from uh, set pieces. But yeah, his his reading of the game was uh, superb. Uh, I like all what Ryan said. Um, didn't make that many tackles because he just didn't need to. And he brought the best out of anybody who played next to him, uh, namely Marcus Holness, um, who benefited so much from playing next to Craig Dawson. Um, yeah, unbelievable player. 
Yeah, I, I, there's not really much I can add to what you two have said there. I mean, up there with up there with the best defenders I think anyone will see in League Two ever. Um, and to, for him to, to have come in and, and so quickly take to, uh, to a football league level to absolutely dominate both boxes time and time again and uh Maybe we wouldn't have won that promotion without him that season. That's that's like the level that he was playing at that season. And then even the year after in, in League One, when he came back on loan, he was phenomenal um, and our best player again by some distance. And I'd be interested to know what you where you rank him, Chaff. Obviously, you said he's he's the best defender in the history of the club, but two players um, who played in the same position as him, but before before me and Ryan's time, who went on to play in the Premier League as well. Paul Butler and Alan Reeves. Now, how close were they to Dawson in terms of style and ability? I'd say, I'd probably say Butler was nearer in style, um, as in he was very good in the air, uh, like Dawson. Reeves was a bit more of a ball-playing defender. I mean, Dawson was a a very good ball-playing defender as well. Um, But Alan Reeves read the game's Absolutely superbly. I was a big fan of Alan Reeves growing up. Um, probably missed the start of his Rochdale time, um, but it was no surprise to me when he got a big money move, and it was big money back then as well, uh, to Wimbledon. Um, I wasn't that old myself. I was probably 12, 13 um, when he made that move, but yeah, it doesn't come as any surprise that Alan Reeves went... Um, to the, to the top division. Uh, Butler, again, was superb. Uh, Forged had a very, very good career. Probably not quite as good as what Reeves was. Um, but, yeah, both of them were, were really, really, really good. And then following that sort of era, um, when I first started going to Dale, one player who, who I remember from that era, I mentioned Edwards before putting in a, a man-of-the-match performance in my first game, but one player who stood out to me from the off was... Um, Mark Monnington, but I think you'll have probably slightly stronger memories than me. I just remember him being an absolute rock and being so hard for, for forwards to get past. Yeah, not only that, but he was a, a little bit like Dawson in that he was a threat in both boxes as well because um, he knew where the net was and he scored some goals that strikers would have been proud of as well. Uh, I remember one particular finish, I'm, I'm sure it was against Cheltenham at Cheltenham. Um, where he's like absolutely just validates the top corner, and any Dale player in history would have been proud of that goal. But yeah, he was an he was absolutely man mountain at the back, very good. weren't blessed with pace, um, but very rarely got caught out either. Um, and yeah, he was very very good, Mark Monington. Uh, forged a very good partnership with uh, with another centre half of that time who became known very well to us as a manager as well, Keith Hill. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Hill next, actually, because, again, my mem- my memories of him are a little bit hazy, but is it fair to say it was slightly surprising the way that he had the team playing as a manager, given his style of play as a footballer? Yeah, because I thought Keith Hill was a very good defender, very good centre-half, and one thing that we seemed to have struggled with under Hill as a manager was uh, conceding goals from set-pieces. We've done it every season that he's been here and we've never really fixed that issue. Um, so, yeah, it was a little bit of a surprise, really. Um, yeah, good, very good defender as a as a player. But, yeah, conceded far too many goals uh, defensively as a manager. Yeah, 
I'm sorry to have uh, sort of ignored you for the last few minutes, <laughs> Ryan, but these players are sort of slightly before your time. But one player who would have been um, an absolute mainstay in the Dale defence when you when you were starting to come to Dale would have been Gareth Griffith. So I'm interested to know what your memories of, of, of him were. Um, yeah, again, I think he had quite a few partners, if I remember rightly, in his, in his time. Um, but... Yeah, never really made a difference to his performances. I think he was, well, very tall, skinny lad um, from what I remember. And he was um, similar to a couple of players I mentioned. And I hate keep using the word, but he was just Mr. Consistent. He was, you know, he was a seven or an eight most games. He had a couple of shockers, as most centre-halves do. But he had a couple of games where he was, he was outstanding as well. And I think, uh, if I remember rightly, he scored... A hat trick away to somewhere once was it Macclesfield or I can't remember. It was at home. Know. It was at home to uh, Scarborough in the Johnston's uh, paint, maybe. Right, um, but yeah, I think as a defender growing up, he was yeah the one that stood out in the most part, um, just because of the sheer size mainly, but the consistency as well. Yeah, and, and Chaffee was like we mentioned with some of these other players before. Sometimes Griff had to be. Um, had to be a sort of a level above in a team that was really struggling towards the bottom of the table, didn't he? Yeah, definitely. He was a leader, was Griffiths. That's what, for me, set him apart. Um, he was the one that any sort of younger player, um, and I've got one in particular in mind in Simon Grand, who would want to play next to to sort of bring them on as a player. Um, that's basically what Griffiths did. He was a leader on the pitch. Um and yeah, very vocal, uh, very good in the air, absolute mountain of a man, weren't it? Um, and yeah, I remember that hat trick as well, actually. Um, I think he even got a given a penalty so that he could get that hat trick. It was the most scruffy penalty you've ever seen, but he got it. Yeah, I think um, he perhaps would have been fondly, more fondly remembered if he'd played in some better teams, like we mentioned. But one player who did play in a, in a better team later on. Uh, Ashley Easton, who made our shortlist. Now, it was a bit of a disappointment for me when Easton left Ryan. I don't know about you, but what was it, do you think, made him stand out again ahead of some of the other players that we had playing centre-half at the time, such as perhaps Ollie Lancashire? Um, now, I was a fan of Lancashire. Um, a big fan, actually. Um, but I think Easton just, whenever he played, seemed to... He'd come in for the odd game and he'd be outstanding. And then the next week, he's, he's out of the team again and you're wondering why. He just he was always seeming to be playing for his place and I think that brought the best out of him. Um, whereas Lancashire always seemed to go through the motions, if you like, and, and he, was, he was a good player. But I think Easton was just... He had everything you want, I think, in a centre-half at that level in... He was he was a battler. I think if he came up against a big striker, he was, he was willing to fight and he was willing to grapple and and battle. But he could play as well. Um, and again, I think he scored a couple of goals. He was a threat in both boxes, good in the air. Um, I think the thing that let him down at the time, perhaps under Hill, was uh, was he as good on the ball as as a Lancashire? Um, probably not. But I think he was a better defender. Um, and that's why you made our shortlist and, and maybe Lancashire didn't but yeah just a very good player and, and no surprise that he, he played so many games for Fleetwood at this level 
um, and got his move to, to Salford as well. Um, but yeah, very, very good player, Ashley Easton, I thought. And Chaffee, he partnered uh, McNulty when McNulty came to the club after the promotion. And obviously, Jim's still uh, a, a key part of the squad now. What do you think's given McNulty that longevity at Dale? Because he's had spells at other clubs where he hasn't quite lasted as long and I think he's played in different positions. What do you think's made McNulty sort of make Rochdale his home? Uh, that's a good question. I'm not actually sure. Um, he seems to be very, very good in the dressing room. Um, I'm not a massive fan of McNulty. I think he makes too many mistakes. But I also think that he brings the best out of players that he plays with as well um, and players benefit from playing next to him um, as for why he's sort of settled so well at Rochdale I'm not sure um, but I'm glad that he has and yeah I think he's an asset he's one of them players that when he's no longer at the football club we'll miss him yeah definitely and one player that I've perhaps missed out as we've gone through these slightly more chronologically, um, who, who I missed as soon as he left personally, Nathan Stanton, um, who's one of the one of those players, again, who stood out in a really bad team. I think there was one season when I was adamant that without him at the back, we would have gone down. He was he was everything that we probably hadn't had in a centre-half for a while. After, after Gareth Griffiths, he had pace and he could read the game really well. He would slide into tackles that he had no right to win and come away with the ball. And and um, Ryan, what do you remember about Nathan Stanton? Because he he had both really, didn't he? He was in a bad team when he first came, but then he was a key part of the team that got to Wembley um, in the centenary season. Yeah, he was. Um, he was all action, weren't he? He was. He was quick. Um, and it was never boring watching him because he was either defending really well and winning a battle, or he was doing so much stupid and being sent off. But he was, um, yeah, he was, he was, he was great to have. Like you said, he, just his pace um, that you didn't expect him to have. Looking at him, um, but yeah, really, really good player, likable guy on and off the pitch, and um, yeah, another one that I was pretty sad to see go, but. Yeah, really, really, really good defender um, whose pace did help him a lot. Um, but yeah, not many bad words to say about Nathan Stanton because like you said, he came from the, the real bad teams uh, and then, you know, well, it was one of the only players who, who stuck around for, for the good times as well. So yeah, like Nathan Stanton a lot. Chaff, where does Stanton rank for you among these? Because he was certainly a different sort of centre-half to the likes of Griffiths and Eastham and Monington, who we've mentioned previously. Yeah, he ranks very highly with me. Um, I was a I was a fan of Nathan Stanton. Um, the key attribute that he had that no, I'd say no other centre back that we've that we've seen uh, had was pace. He had a, a lot of pace, and sometimes it got him out of trouble. Uh, sometimes it gave him the edge uh, over centre forwards. Um, he used to wind centre forwards up constantly as well uh, got into their heads and yeah I thought I, I was a big fan of Nathan Stanton as well um, when he joined he, he'd been a he'd been a right back at Scunthorpe for years um, and had loads of injury problems came to us we immediately turned him into a centre half um, when I didn't see him as a centre half at all um, he put his injury problems behind him as well for the most part and yeah it, 
adapted very very well, and another one who brought who brought the best out of anyone who was playing next to him. Yeah, absolutely, and the sort of player that I think fans always take to for his for his passion and and for his uh, for his determination. And one player to just to round off this centre back debate, um, one player who came to us this summer, and for me has been our standout man over the course of this season. Ryan, how much do you think Owen O'Connell has made a difference to the way that Brian Barry Murphy wants Dale to play? Enormous, but I think a player of his quality would have made a difference to, to any manager's philosophy and style of play because I think, I think he's been unbelievable this season. Um, both on the ball, um, he's got that Dawson-style pass where it's, it's a ping over to the left wing. Um, he's got the the fizz passing to midfielder into a 10 and I think he's, he's been great I, I watched the Newcastle game again um, the other day because I've got it on record and um, you forget I think how good he is defensively sometimes probably because of the amount of goals we've scored but I think there was a, a stat come up on Twitter the other day where he's he's up there with um, he might be he might even have been top he might be second but the most blocks um it just seems any cross that cut or most crosses that come in, he's like a magnet. He heads it, knees it, kicks it anywhere on his body. He tends to get it away, and I think he's he's been like yeah, stand there. He's player of the season by a country mile, I think, and yeah, just a, a very very good player that I hope we can we can keep for for some time. Chaff, would you agree with that? Would you make O'Connell our player of the season? Hands down. Ian Anderson could go on and score another 10 goals and O'Connell walks player of the year for me. I think he's been absolutely outstanding. Um, he just he doesn't miss headers at all. Um, he's good on the ball. He's a good passer of the ball. Um, it doesn't matter who is playing next to him, whether it's McShane, whether it's McNulty, whether it's Keoghan, whether it's Norrington Davis. He is absolutely superb. Um I'm a massive fan of Owen O'Connell. He's, every week when we're doing match reports, he seems to get an eight or a nine, and he's man of the match. It's almost um, it's almost auto-type. You put man of the match next to him, he's been absolutely incredible. Yeah, I absolutely echo that. I was about to say the exact same thing. I think I've noticed even more through doing the match reports just how many times I've given O'Connell a nine, eight, nine out of ten. I think he's been absolutely phenomenal. Um for me, probably doesn't quite get into this team, not yet. But if he has another two or three seasons like the one he's had this season, then he'll absolutely walk into it. Um, so just to round off, I'm going to ask for your, for your picks in each position. Uh, how are we going to do this? We're going to pick our teams over the course of these three weeks. And then at the end, we're going to ask people, to our listeners, to vote for which team they think is the best. So, um, Ryan, I'm going to ask you first. Who are your goalkeeper, right back, left back and two centre-halves? Um Right, okay. Um, I've changed my mind a million times since we discussed this last night. Um, but my goalkeeper is it's Conrad. It's Conrad Logan. Um, superb. Um, right back, Scott Wiseman. Um, again, phenomenal up and down both boxes. Um, centre halves, I've gone with Dawson. Don't think I really needed to say that, to be honest. Um, and I have gone Owen O'Connell. Um, I'd love to have seen them two play together um, and left back Michael Rose it's a, it's a brave inclusion for O'Connell 
Um, it would have been nice to see those two play together, but they may have been lacking a little bit of pace. But Chaff, what is the back five that you've gone for? In net, I'm going to go with Neil Edwards, um, superb player um, over a number of seasons. Um, at right back, I'm going to go Joe Rafferty. Uh, my two centre halves, I'm going to go Craig Dawson, as I'm sure you both are. Um, Alan Reeves is going to be next to him. And Tom Kennedy is at left back. Okay, uh, so I'm going to go with also going to go with Neil Edwards in goal. Um, Scott Wiseman's going to be my right back. Tom Kennedy at left back, and then I'm going to go with Dawson and Stanton as my centre halves. I think they'll complement each other a little bit more pace. Um, so, all right then. Cheers for joining us, guys. Um, just a little quick shout out to local band Liar who've allowed us to use one of their tracks um, for the intro and outro music today so thank you very much for them go and check them out on Spotify uh, thanks for all the feedback over the first couple of episodes uh, we're really enjoying doing these so uh, again any more ideas once we've done our our um, best ever Dale teams uh, do fire them over to us and follow us on Twitter and Facebook uh, all that's left for me to say is thanks for joining us so Ryan thanks for coming on for your pod debut no worries. Thanks for having me. And Chaff, thanks as always, mate. Thank you very much. See you next time.